Good morning, everyone. Friends, we uh, are now in the third Sunday of Advent, uh, formerly also known as Gaudete. And we've arrived then to our midpoint in our Advent season. The readings are more upbeat, if you will, and uh, uh, the music is uh, more joy-filled. And um, my liturgical vestment should be assigned to you. I'm in a different color, rose, the third candle of the Advent wreath is now lit, rose, and um, all of this is to tell you in a very tangible way that uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, the celebration of Christmas, is fast approaches us. And uh, we've done so. We've, the niche now has a crash uh, in its beginning stages. And uh, um, this is all to alert you that the Advent season is changing now. And my friends, um, I, I looked at our first reading in Zephaniah the prophet spoke to the people of Israel uh, in a time when they were surrounded by their enemies and many misfortunes had fallen upon them. Uh, and uh, I suspect we can kind of uh, appreciate that. We can kind of relate to it in our times. And, um, and while uh, he foretold judgment was coming upon uh, the world, um, he also said that there's a shaft of sunlight that emerges uh, indicating the coming joy of deliverance. And uh, he said, Shout for joy, daughter Zion. The Lord is in your midst. He will renew you. Have no anxieties about this. And what the amazing thing is that they were surrounded by their enemies when he was saying this. And um, St. Paul, uh, he writes to the Philippians, Rejoice, I say rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, have no anxiety about you in this time. But he said, sing, sing joyful hymns to the Lord. And St. Paul was writing this not when he was in a hotel room. He was in a prison as he wrote this letter to the people. I don't know that I could write such a letter if I was in some prison. Well, hopefully, Father would never go to prison for anything, but um, maybe for his sense of humor, maybe. Uh, but, uh, but I know that I would write a letter uh, indicating this, but here it was, and he lived what he was telling them. No matter what's going on, you have a sense of joy that is within your heart that cannot be taken from you, no matter what is going on around you. And both readings refer to this joy uh, within the heart of the disciple. And uh, having said this, uh, friends, I know, uh, I, I know well about the coming season of Christmas and uh, and uh, I ask, okay, are you ready to experience Christmas, really? Uh, or, or is it going to be as in past times, filled with anxiety, uh, filled with tension, filled with exhaustion? Father, you have no idea how I have to do this. Oh, my gosh, just listening. I was like, oh, <laughs> no wonder you feel the way you do. What about Christmas? The birth of Jesus Christ, his birthday, right? And uh, last night I joked with people, and I said, you know, if you, if you can't get the right gift, just get an empty box, put I love you in it, and wrap it, and give it to the person. And they're like, huh, <laughs> did that work for you, Father? Yes, it does. And I said, how about forgiveness? How about giving the gift of forgiveness? And there's a great deal of stress because of the preparation for Christmas, as the world says you're supposed to prepare for it. And it gets out of hand. And it Christians keep moving further and further away from uh, what is the meaning of Christmas. And uh, 
was put forth by the many secular venues is this image of the perfect Christmas. And in doing so, people chase after it. It's like a race. And uh, they look for the perfect Christmas tree, and they want the perfect decorations for it. And you have to have the perfect food on the, at those gatherings. Come on now. You know that ain't going to happen, right? <laughs> but Christmas is never that perfect. And uh, the perfect Christmas eludes most people each year because of that. And my friends, uh, enter in John the Baptizer. Uh, a focus in the scriptures was on him last week, and it is this week. And uh, he shows us a profound way to experience joy at the spiritual level in our hearts for this holy season that comes upon us. In the gospel, people ask him how they're to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. And John tells them, share what you have with others and do not be selfish. And he said, tax collectors are coming. And they were talking to him and they said, what should we do? And he says, stop cheating the people on the scales. They were cheating. And he said, stop that. Stop exhorting money from them. And soldiers came, and what should we do? And John says, don't abuse your power. He said, and don't, don't testify falsely against somebody. And he said, be happy with your wages. Now, my friends, I'm going to take a moment here. Uh, to be happy with your wages means that you're being paid properly in the first place, right? So uh, I'm just going to put this out here. You know, because he said, be happy with the governor pays you. Well, okay. Well, uh, in John's time, soldiers were probably like our National Guard or our police. So I'm going to put this out to you. They should be paid properly, and we should have the proper amount of them to protect us. So I'm going to ask you to pray for all of our military. You know, if your prayers lead you to, write your elected officials and tell them, pay them properly and make sure we have enough of them. Right? And basically, I'm with John. John would say, yes. Yes, priest, that would be correct. So, my friends, uh, let's do that. But, my friends, uh, in this we discover uh, we prepare for the Messiah not by perfect decorations and uh, perfect gift wrapping and singing perfectly. And, um, but John would say, be sincere in your repentance and show kindness, St. Paul said. Show kindness to others. And, my friends, i got to tell what John the Baptist was doing, uh, we, uh, I was reflecting this morning. I got up early enough, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I never caught this before, what John was doing, John the Baptizer. But John the Baptizer, uh, he said, reform your lives and your heart um, and be saved. And John preaches no extraordinary penance. He lived a life that was extraordinarily penitential. I mean, you know, in the desert would funky clothes and eating, you know, what do they call those things? They call them roaches, they're not roaches, the grasshoppers or whatever they were. Yeah, the locusts, the locusts. Um, so he had, but what he was preaching to the people was not extraordinary penance, and uh, he recommends none of the pious practices of the Pharisees who would do this in public. They did all these things in public, all these pious things. And Jesus said, you do that, but you ignore the widow, and you do not tend to the poor. All those things should lead you to that, but you do not do that. 
And when I looked at John and what he said, particularly in this gospel, he said, just share what you have. Be kind to others. And uh, no wonder the Pharisees were so angry at him because <laughs> they knew what he was doing. And because uh, he wasn't, he didn't tell them to go and practice what the Pharisees were doing. Uh, they were so fond of performing all these rituals and public view. Instead, uh, he calls for a simple sharing. And in this, a movement away from being self-centered about everything and, uh, and to care and have concern for others. And uh, for others, especially those who are needy and those who are less fortunate. And um, this sharing, uh, uh, he said, this is what will help you. And then what he does, and it really has escaped me for all these years. He, by doing this, he said, do this, and you'll prepare for the Savior. And he will go on to say, there will be other things that the Savior will tell you about. But do this, and you're preparing. And he makes it, this is available to everybody. Everyone can do this. Everybody can share. That means salvation is available to everyone. And it just... I didn't even catch this with John. I'm like, boom, Father Mark, oh my goodness, have three cups of coffee in the morning now and see what happens. But it's by grace of God that this happens that I missed this all this time, that I didn't catch this before with John the baptizer. And, uh, and so uh, this is amazing. Now I see even more how he prepares the way for us to receive the Savior. And uh, uh, we can make John's message our own in this time in this place. And in doing so, although the coming fully of the kingdom will happen in the Lord's time, as we're told in the second coming, we can experience the kingdom even now in our lives. And this is the joy of this Gaudete Sunday and the message that we receive in the scriptures selected for this day. And we can come and appreciate the fact that Christmas does not have to be the way others tell you. It has to be perfect. No, to be truly Christmas, we recognize it is the incarnation of Christ who came into our world. And uh, for Christ comes to us in our imperfection. He did not come because we were perfect. And that's the other amazing thing. God comes in human flesh. Human flesh wasn't perfect. And once he comes, he takes that flesh upon himself and he prepares a path for us. And you know, he came uh, when, in the beginning, God walked with humanity in the garden. And then when everything fell apart, we were told God left, not going away. He moved away from that garden. He moved away from humanity. And the, the belief was back then that God sealed the heavens. That was in Judaism. And that it opened up again. And here we see Jesus. He is the Son of God. He is God who is the Son. Jesus is not just simply some good man, some nice man. He is God. And he walked with us. He walked with the disciples. God walked with them. How I long for that again in our time. But he walked with us in that way. Now he's um, 
in spirit with us, always, absolutely. And I'm not and look back at the Old Testament and see these things. And this world's got to get it. Jesus was more than a nice man who did nice things and said nice things. He is God. And it makes all the difference. So Christ came to us in our imperfection. His kingdom then can take root in our lives even now as we await his second coming. St. John the Baptist says we must prepare the way, though, for him. If we do this, whatever the limitations in this world is upon us, we will be able to experience the joy that the prophet talked about and what John talked about and what St. Paul spoke about in the readings of today. Our first reading tells us the Lord will renew us on the inside with his grace and with his love. This is the great promise of spiritual fortification for us. St. Paul's words, the peace of God will guide your hearts and your minds if we let it. In this, the Christian can be confident that the very peace of God is within us no matter what is swirling around us. St. John the Baptizer preached that of repentance. He said this is a key to joy. Without clearing the way for the Lord, Christmas becomes simply a race for the best and the most perfect things. And it will have no spiritual benefit or consequence then to the Christian. Let us put into practice the advice of St. John the Baptizer. And in doing so, Jesus Christ becomes and remains a pivotal part, not only in this season, but all of our life. To prepare the way for the Lord, we have the advice of the Baptizer, Huh? 2,000 years ago, John the baptizer gave some predictable advice to those who asked, what should we do? And he pointed it out, be kind, share. Do not fall. And Jesus would come and he would explain even more to us and show us how to do it. John the baptizer pointed them forward and towards the holy and mysterious God who was about to enter their lives in a way that was so unpredicted. He became man. But let's remember that at Christmas, the great gift of love wrapped in human flesh for us. In that we will find perfection. In the other ways, it's not going to happen, right? But I know you're not going to listen to Father on that, so let the race begin. <laughs> so my friends, if you haven't gotten your Advent wreath yet, which you can transfer over to Christmas, the school still has some left. They're almost out, though, so we still have that available. In advance, I thank all of you uh, who will bring poinsettias for us to uh, beautify the sanctuary area. Thank you. Uh, for that, uh, for those who have the tradition of having blessed straw uh, in in your manger scene or your creche scene, we have that available in the narthex or the baggies. Take as much as you need. Also, um, we still have Advent books available. And remember, on Thursday uh, we have seven sacraments in our Catholic Church. One of them is the sacrament of anointing. I will celebrate or administer, if you will, uh, the sacrament of anointing at the 9 a.m. Mass. Uh, our sacraments. So you really need to, do you need this sacrament? If so, 
uh, then come to the nine o'clock mass on Thursday, and uh, I'll be uh, administering it during the mass itself. Um, and my friends, um, I ask for your uh, for your prayers for uh, those places and people within our United States that were severely, um, you know, the storms. Uh, these terrible storms. Let's keep them in their prayers. But also that kindness that Paul talks about and uh, that John the Baptizer would say, reach out uh, to those. This season of Christmas becomes very difficult for those who have uh, uh, lost loved ones and friends. And we've had many passings just in our parish alone. Uh, so reach out to them. Let them know that they are loved and that you care about them. Um, this can be a very, uh, a very, burden some time for them because their heart aches. But also, my friends, um, this is a delicate subject, but um, there has been too many suicides. Too many. Too many. And uh, although you cannot always predict the person, but if you notice someone's behavior has changed, if you notice that they're withdrawn, uh, if you notice that they're not the way they usually are, reach out to them. Say hello. Let them know that you love them. Ask them if there's something that you can do. Maybe this is the one thing that will change their mind about what they're determined to do. Just reach out. The holiday season can be very, very difficult uh, to many, many people. So um, let us reach out to those and see if we can change what their decision is, that. We need to know that. Huh? Amen? Amen? My friends, remember the straw is available as you leave, and the baggies are out there for you also. Remember, for those who will bring poinsettias to help us decorate the church with, um, remember to put the name tag on them so that I can offer prayers on behalf of your loved ones and friends. You can begin to bring those on Wednesday. My friends, today is December 12th. Um, it, this is the celebration, typically, of Our Lady of Guadalupe. But because it's on a Sunday, um, the Sunday kind of overrides it. Uh, but uh, so we say, Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Amen.